I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome into another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast. We're excited. We're gonna Adam and I are gonna get an opportunity to talk a little shop here. There's so much going on throughout our great state uh, around the game of basketball, and so we wanted to take a few minutes and just kind of breeze through some of the highlights. A lot of this you probably have already heard or known at by this point, um, but we want to touch on it. And then after uh, we go through some of the highlights, I I do a quick girl state preview as well and kind of break down the classes and the teams that qualified for state as that's going on this week too. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, another thing too, that we want to obviously encourage you to go back and listen to our coach Henry um, interview with him down at William Penn. That uh, interview was a lot of fun. If you know Coach Henry, you know why we're kind of laughing and saying that we want you to go back and take a look, listen to that one because he's just an awesome guy, an awesome coach. And so that was a lot of fun to fun to talk with him. And so if you haven't already listened to that one, go back um, and check that one out. Then the other thing, Adam, uh, coming up uh, next week, we are doing our Hoop Troop meetup at Smash Park on March 8th. Uh, we're planning to get there around 7 and want as many listeners and uh, coaches and fans and bring your staff, bring whoever and come and just hang out and meet us if you haven't already met us. And then uh, let's talk some basketball and tell us a little bit about your your story and have a few beers and just have a good time. Uh, it's got to be something you're looking forward to, Adam, I know. Yeah, I know we've, we've been kind of kicking this idea around for a couple of years, Brian, and finally, uh, you know, it came together. Um, so, yeah, Wednesday night, uh, March 8th. The Wednesday night of the Boys State Tournament, we're going to be at Smash Park, like Brian said, around seven and stay till whenever, um, you know, mix it up with with all these coaches um, and talk to them a little bit, like you said, about their story and meet them face to face as compared to some of us uh, who have been on our episode via Zoom um, and those types of things, too. So very excited about Wednesday night next week. Yeah, reach out to us. Let us know, too, if that's something that you know or you plan on. Um, we can kind of be on the lookout for you. Doesn't mean you have to. Just show up. It's going to be fun. Uh, probably going to be busy in there, which would be great, too. Uh, high energy. We like it. And so really looking forward to that again Wednesday, March 8th. So if you guys are down here for the state tournament, uh, plan plan accordingly so we, we can get an opportunity to meet a bunch of you guys. All right, with that, Adam, let's jump into our our highlights that we have here. And we got to start with Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, unbelievable weekend that they had over there in Iowa City. I mean, it was just crazy. I'm, I'm sure at this point you guys have all seen it. Um, you've seen the highlights. You've you've seen uh, the headlines from it. But uh, so the men were down 13 with a minute 30 left in that game against Michigan State and 
all but over. And then all of a sudden, Sanford hits a three, Murray gets an and one, Connor hits a three, Murray hits a three, and then Patrick McCaffrey hits a deep three. And they're like, okay, here we go. Um, then they Michigan State misses a free throw, uh, come down, Peyton Sanford hits a three to send it into overtime. And from there, the Hawks just kind of roll. And so it kind of took over in overtime and get a 112-106 win. It was just, I mean, it was one of those things where you thought they were done and out. I mean, everybody kind of did, I think. And then all of a sudden, the Hawks hit a few shots and and come away with an unbelievable win in a crazy environment there in Carver Hawkeye. I know we talked a little bit about Adam, but did you get to see uh, any of that or did you catch the highlights? No, I actually watched the the second half of that game. Uh, so got to see that. Um, and yeah, the Hawks hit every shot they needed to. And even the one that they missed, um, a fadeaway three from Chris in the corner, they got the offensive rebound and and got it right back to him for a set shot that he made. Um, you know, just one of those situations that, you know, a lot of fans probably left. Um, you know, a lot of fans on TV probably gave up. Most people probably besides everybody on that sideline on that, on that bench for Iowa um, had all but given up on them, but, uh, but cool environment there. Like you mentioned, it's crazy. Um, cool game and awesome for the, you know, the state and the sport, you know, that's why they play the game. That's why there's a, that's why there's two 20 minute halves and not two, you know, 17 minute halves, you know? So um, yeah, great. And then next day uh, the women's game against Indiana, just two, high level teams. Um, and again, I caught the second half of that, did not see the first half. Um, you know, but like I said, just really good teams, really good basketball, um, you know, with, with a couple, two or three really, really good players on each team. And obviously at the end, you know, that shot from Caitlin, um, I mean, I don't think that anybody thought that, that at the end she was going to miss that, but, uh, still, still a really tough shot that she, you know, it's probably one of the very few people in America that can make that shot on a consistent basis. But like you said, awesome weekend in Carver Hawkeye, awesome weekend for basketball, awesome weekend for the state of Iowa. Yeah, it would have been. And I saw somewhere too, where it's the decibel ratings after Caitlin hit that Clark were like the highest ever in Carver history, um, which is crazy to think about too, even given the fact that the the day before and everything that went down. And so awesome for that team. Um, awesome for the state. Awesome for women's basketball. That was with game day and everything going on there. And obviously those two teams matching up Indiana only having one loss on the year. And so uh, really neat uh, would have been a fun, uh, a fun weekend in the black and gold. That's for sure. Uh, moving from that Carver to a little bit further East to Carver arena uh, in Peoria. Um Drake headed over to face Bradley in a matchup for the Missouri Valley regular season. Um, and so speak a little bit to playing over there at Carver Arena. That place looked like it was absolutely bonkers. Um, obviously, uh, big implications on the line. And so people showed out for it. Um, traditionally, a tough place to play just because Bradley traditionally usually pretty good. But uh, talk a little bit about that Carver Hawkeye, or sorry, that Carver, not Hawkeye, Carver Arena and uh, playing over there. Yeah, you know, as you kind of mentioned it, that place gets loud. I believe that they give, um, I don't know really who gives, but they allow two of the biggest employers in the city to have free tickets to that game. Uh, or sorry, the games in, in, in Carver arena, just to draw more people there. But, you know, you, you have a game that's, uh, 
um, that's for the first place in Missouri Valley. You know, you're going to get people there. And, you know, I didn't, I, I actually did not get to watch that game, but saw some highlights. Um, you know, it didn't look like Tucker had the best game. Um, I think Roman may have, may have had his, his, his average, um, and a couple other people who typically score, you know, a little bit didn't, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't up there during that game, but Bradley's a good team, you know, as far as I know, we're going to talk about this here coming up at the Missouri Valley tournament starts, um, here coming up this week. Uh, the way the Bulldogs have been playing outside that game, I'm not betting against them. No, very, very senior led team. Um, and got some, 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 some really good guys that can score the basketball and even come off the bench. Um, so, uh, making my prediction now, I'm taking the Bulldogs down in St. Louis, uh, if the Panthers can't do it, but, uh, yeah, definitely a, a cool environment down there and, you know, a great place to play a great place to have a big game in Carver arena, um, in Peoria. Yeah. It just felt like, I mean, balanced scoring, I think all of the starting five were in double digits. And so it wasn't that anybody, you know, Tucker maybe didn't get to the average that we're used to seeing Tucker and his ability to what he's able to do, but it wasn't really that anybody played bad. It just was, is we needed one or two bigger plays and someone to step up and uh, you know, that environment and credit Bradley is a quality team just seemed like uh, it was just too much for the Bulldogs to overcome and, you know, going, as you mentioned, down to St. Louis now, while teams travel and I, I see the Drake blue heading down there because uh, they, for, for no other reason than to ho the hopes of cutting down the nets down there, um, get to watch their Bulldogs a few more times. And you, now you remove that home court advantage and you have an opportunity. And so let's uh, transition into that. And so starting with you and I, cause they'll start on Thursday. Uh, Drake got the, with the two seed, obviously got the buy, so they won't start until Friday. Um, and so you and I starts on Thursday. What do you know? Is it Illinois state, right? Is that who they, is that who they'll play in the first round? Yep. Yeah. They got Illinois state, I believe for the third year in a row, they'll be playing the Redbirds um, at Illinois state. Um, Panthers, I believe if I recall correctly, did beat Illinois state twice this year. Um, but they were definitely close games. So I believe it'll be a close game. Obviously neutral court helps that. Um, maybe believe there are a couple injuries on you and I side, the maybe kind of nagging injuries that, uh, you know, may hinder their scoring a bit, but, um, yeah, always fun. I believe they're the game actually. And so they'll be, uh, you know, in that, that kind of playing around, I guess you might say for the chance to play Bradley, uh, the next day on Friday. So, um, you know, excited it's, you know, these conference tournaments, always upsets it's uh you know your record zero and zero in these conference tournaments but uh it just takes takes one game so always exciting time down in st louis as well yeah and then looking at drake so they like i said they got the two seeds so they won't start until friday at six and they will play the winner of valparaiso and murray state um and so yeah i don't know i mean i, I would imagine murray state could probably come out of that seven ten matchup in which case um, Bulldogs really had no problems with Murray State this year. And so assuming all things go well on Friday, then would likely be looking at the Southern Illinois team, the three seed coming out um, of the bottom of that bracket. And then from there, you know, uh, assuming, like you said, the upsets don't happen, which they will. Um, but if everything stays true to form, Bradley and Belmont are be the, the one in the four seed in the top and, who can come out of that and ultimately cut down the nets on Sunday. It's always fun to get to Missouri Valley tournament. It always is wild. And it's always a little, little tease in that these conference tournaments with it always being the first one. 
and then you always it feels a little weird because then you have like a week and you're like oh geez they haven't played and and so it's one of those things where it's nice as fans of the game and fans of Iowa basketball that uh, we get an opportunity to watch a couple teams play a week early but then they're done and sitting and waiting and then uh, uh, it always feels a little weird but I can't wait to see what happens and shakes out with that on Sunday. Uh, flipping over to the women's side, they actually have two regular season games left. Um, so looking again at Drake and you and I, they've kind of been on the same travel schedule. So it's been interesting to watch these teams uh, as they go through because they'll play uh, one team and then they'll flip and play the other team and, and no different here. So Thursday, Drake has Missouri State and then Saturday, senior night, they have Southern Illinois and you and I then you just flip. So Thursday they play Southern Illinois and Saturday they'll play Missouri State. And, you know, with that, you know, the Drake women are, are looking, would, would really like to win both of these and have an opportunity to try to sneak in that four seed and get that by in their tournament as well. Um, right now, you and I there and had that fourth seed, so they would, they would get that first round by, and so they're wanting to win too. And so two big games here to wrap up the women's season. Uh, regular season and see where things shake out for those two teams. And then they will head over to the quad cities for their tournament the following week. And so lots of, lots to keep an eye on in the Valley as, as we go through here, both on the men's and the women's side, uh, it's ex exciting time of the year. I mean, I don't think Adam, we can say that enough of just how exciting it is, how, at least for us here too, and trying to at least have an idea of what's going on, keeping up with, either our phones going off on, on texts or, uh, you know, getting the notifications or trying to jump on Google and, and check a score quick. It is just wild, but a, a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. The best time of the year. Um, then you mentioned it too, with the conference tournament starting up here, always upsets, uh, always close games and not even conference tournaments. You know, you just talked about the last couple of games for the Drake and you and I, um, the women's team, you know, anything can happen in those games too, right? There's conference tournaments coming up that, that, these kids are looking forward to, um, you know, these, these teams that maybe, you know, might not have the best record, you know, are arguing that they're all still because they want to beat those top teams. Um, so outside of, you know, state here, just overall NCAA tournament coming up, state tournament coming up, uh, you know, for sure, like I mentioned, the best part, the, the, the best time of the year. Absolutely. And so you talked about conference tournament. Let's take a quick look at the American rivers. And so talking about upsets as we saw a four, um, a four seed versus six seed in the conference tournament finals in which that co the six seed ended up winning that on the men's side. And so they got the automatic bid uh, to the national tournament. And then on the women's side, Loris won the conference tournament. And so they got the automatic bid. Um, I did see, so Warburg had been um, in the top 25 pretty much all year and they did get an at large bid as well. And so they will be going to the national tournament as well. And so, uh, some fun action there at, uh, at, at the American Rivers at the Division Three level, uh, following some of those teams, and then another one will be will be tonight because when this airs, it'll be Tuesday. But uh, William Penn um, and our recent host, or our recent guest, um, Coach Henry, will be playing for the for the Heart Championship down there in Oskaloosa. They'll be in Penn Gym, taking on Peru State and having an opportunity to win that one. Um, they're already in the national tournament. If you've listened to the pod, you know that. But, uh, you know, they they want another ring, Adam. They, they get rings for everything down there. Yeah, I don't think Coach Henry uh, wants to lose any game, whether it be a preseason scrimmage or um, 
a game that that really doesn't hurt their national tournament uh, chances. But yes, we referenced that on the episode with Coach Henry that rings are uh, rings rings come quite often uh, at William Penn University for different reasons. But um, yeah, definitely exciting. You know, cool to talk to him about that before that process started, before that tournament. Um, really get his uh, his ideas um, and perspective you know, from the uh, coaching side and coaching that team and, and those individuals that those athletes on his team. So yeah. Um, excited for that. Excited to see that, that outcome and kind of move forward with, uh, you know, with that area of basketball. Yeah. I, I caught a little bit of their game on Saturday against Baker. I wanted to see that, uh, that rematch with them, obviously uh, losing to them just a few weeks earlier. And so I watched a little bit of that and, um it was fun it was fun to watch those guys get up and down and and fly around and make some plays and and obviously watch a little uh coach henry's on the sidelines too and see him his his animations and get after it as well but uh that was a good that was a good win for them and uh best of luck here against peru state um and then as you guys move on into the ncaa tournament or naia tournament as well um Okay, then let's let's jump to the NBA. I know we have about what's the count? Do we know what our Iowa NBA count is at now? Fans twenty twenty six maybe fans in Iowa. We'll have to uh, um, we'll have to check in with our our past guest Brent Brent Bloom about that and see if he has a count on that. Uh, he 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 usually keeps track of that stuff, so yeah, we'll, be, we'll get back to y'all. He'd be the one to he'd be the one to check in on. But we do want to we do want to touch on it, and and obviously a big part of that is we'll get to the to the Iowa guys that are in the league um, and, and making moves as well. But uh, touching on a few of the head, uh, the headlines, uh, Damian Lillard dropped 71 last night. Did you see that in a win? Um, I think he made 13 three-pointers, I think I saw. Um, just unbelievable. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's always been able to score. I mean, getting 40 for him is no big deal, but 71 is nuts, Adam. Man, that's, uh, you know, after Spider did that, um, earlier this year didn't didn't uh expect anybody else to even come close to that this season but uh i I think i was talking to a couple people over the week or actually over all-star weekend that he had he he doesn't have the prettiest shot but is one of the smoothest shots that i've ever seen like it's just effortless and even a couple of those you know shots during that during the all-star game you're shooting from half court and it just looked like he was shooting a free throw um definitely something that uh that is pretty to watch yeah. Oh, it is. He, he, his release is good at everything. It's compact. It's, it's fun to watch him be able to shoot and he can score at all three levels too. And so good for him. And uh, they are on a push too, to try to find a way they're competing with the Lakers to try to get into the playoffs, get the play in option. And so speaking of Lakers made a bunch of moves at the deadline and they're good again, if they can stay healthy, if they're able to keep all those guys out there and healthy, not a team I would want to see in the playoffs. Um, whether or not they have enough horses to make a run at the championship, that I that I don't know. But regardless, uh, if they're healthy, I do not want to match up with them. I mean, even if it's you know they get in at an eight eight one and have to play Denver, no, thank you. Like I'm, I do not want to play LeBron um, and a healthy Anthony Davis in the playoffs. And so it'll be interesting. They had a huge win, um, huge win last night, twenty seven point comeback. Uh, which is just crazy uh, for those guys to be able to come back on the on the Mavs, and so that was that was quite the game and uh, quite the win for them. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, watched uh, watched a good portion of that, and you're exactly right. You mentioned it for the Lakers to to make a playoff push, but you know, for every single game, I feel like it's what's Anthony Davis's health. Um, if if he's healthy and playing well, and LeBron's still playing how he is, I think they added the pieces that they could make a push. Um, you know, obviously the Western Conference is kind of wide open. Um, you know, you, you got the Nuggets and Grizzlies up top, but you know they're um, always catchable. And I think that, you know, there's not a lot of games between, you know, even, uh, even number one and number 12. And so I think there's, there's an option there. There's some potential there for sure, but it all hinges on Anthony Davis's health. Well, every time he wins, it feels like it's two weeks. And so you gotta be, you gotta be careful there um, and what he's able to do, but yeah, staying healthy, uh, talking about the West being wide open, the Mavs, you know, making the big move, going and getting Kyrie to help Luca. But when those guys are playing, they're one and three uh, right now. And so with those, with both those two on the floor, that feels like a little bit of a not quite enough sample size for me to have a feeling on that. But it would be something to keep an eye on as those guys continue to uh, move forward and try to see how this works in a short window, because it feels like Kyrie could be on borrowed time. He might be just a shortstop in Dallas. And so they're going to have to figure things out here quickly if they want to make a run. Um, at the championship and so keep an eye on the Mavs uh, on the eastern side of things uh, the Bucks, man they just keep rolling I don't is it 11 or 12 in a row maybe 14 how many games do they won in a row do you know it's it's been- uh, either 13 or 14 the game uh, over the weekend against I can't remember who they were playing but that was they won that game and that was 13 yeah and so and then i think they won yeah and then they won just the other night so yeah it's either 13 or 14 because they won the other night without um Giannis, and so they're just rolling and which is interesting because i think are they or did they with the win on the weekend did they pass boston finally because they were um they were behind i believe so okay so they were behind boston um which is crazy they're ripping off all these wins and boston still sits there but you looking at those two teams, I mean, the Celtics and the Bucks. I feel like, and even the 76ers, throw them in there, um, feel like the three teams that are kind of working their way towards finals contention. As we mentioned, the West is kind of wide open, but the East kind of feels top heavy. And you have three really good teams that, you know, probably more, I would lean more towards Bucks Celtics who could easily win uh, a title. No, no question. Yeah, I think you're exactly right that the Eastern Conference is a race between three teams. Maybe maybe you lump the Cavs in there. The they do have a lot of a lot of firepower, and if they're healthy, they're they're a really good team. But uh, yeah, it does seem at least at this time, kind of watching watching games and watching these teams that that it that is a three team race in the East. I will say though, I mean the playoffs are going to be fun. Like you might only have mm-hmm. you know maybe four teams that you can identify as as true title contenders. But the, those those first round games are going to be a lot of fun. I mean, if we can get some yeah. Cavs, Knicks, like there's going to be you get Spida going to the Garden. I mean, there's going to be some really fun fun games and fun storylines. And so, yeah, we got to get through March Madness and do all this fun stuff. But then after that, start looking uh, to the to the big guys and seeing what's going on in the NBA. Uh, it could be a lot of fun as. It doesn't feel like it's just uh, a wait and see for the Warriors and Cavs like it had been there for a couple of years. And so the NBA playoffs are going to be a lot of fun with that. Let's transition a little bit to uh, the Iowa connection. And some of our guys, you know, we got AJ and Keegan um, that are doing their thing. 
Luca is getting some time now with the with the Wolves as well. I've seen Niang still out there in Philly. I saw him getting a little scuffle the other day. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. You know, Harrison, obviously those Kings are just uh, the team, maybe the biggest surprise this year in the league and just been a lot of fun to watch. And so what have you noticed a little bit? Uh, keep an eye on some of these Iowa guys. Yeah, I, mean, I think this, at least for me, I think this season um, has been the most exciting to watch because of the Iowa guys. Um, you know, you got got AJ and obviously – him being at you and I, that's that's a closer connection for me. But I mean, Keegan and and Luca specifically for the younger, you know, for the younger guys, um, are just playing awesome. Um, you know, when AJ was playing for the Wisconsin herd, he came here to Fargo to play the Iowa Iowa Wolves, um, and Luca was playing. That place was that place was pretty full. Um, you know, in a a very cool game, they both played awesome. I think Luca may have had thirty six and AJ had twenty eight. So just just a cool environment. And now you know, getting some time in the NBA. And they talk about Keegan, you know, is is one of, if not the rookie of the year, can um, throw him as front runner at this time. Um, he's been playing well, I think, averaging between 12 and 14 points, which is really, really good for a rookie. Um, and like you said, the Kings are doing well. They also have Harrison Barnes, so that that gives us another reason to watch the Kings. But um, they play good basketball. They play exciting basketball. And, you know, not to mention they've got a couple Iowa guys on the team. Joe Wieskamp as well. Uh, I think he just signed a contract signed a, with Toronto. A two-year contract, I believe. So yeah. he's he's set for that that time. That that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And and then obviously Halliburton too is just continuing to climb the charts as as our Iowa State guy that we all uh, are keeping an eye on and love watching him play and get an opportunity to have that experience in the all-star game as well uh, would have to be just an unbelievable moment for him and something to see how he continues to stack on top of that. And so it is fun watching these guys and, and paying attention. Like you said, it just gives you a little bit more of a heightened awareness. I think it's one of those things where, and actually I was thinking about this the other day. So if you're, if you're from Iowa and say you don't have an NBA team, who does your default NBA team have to be? What do you think? Who is it? Are you the? Do you have to be a Timberwolves oh, fan because we have no. the? I think know, the Bulls I feel like proximity. I feel like uh, of the twenty six or twenty seven NBA fans that are in Iowa, I feel like most of them are Bulls fans. Just you know, I mean, you, you and I grew up this time. It seemed like every Sunday, the Bulls played the Knicks on NBC at two thirty or three. It seemed like every Sunday that happened, and so just watching them play so much, and obviously Michael Michael played there and. Um, so I feel like a lot of them are Chicago fans. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think definitely our era. I think it, it is to everything that you noted, but like, if you're like, I don't know, like if you're just kind of getting into the sport and you have to pick a team, I don't know how you would go, go about it. NBA is such a, such a player's league. I feel like you just kind of follow players. It's hard to have like a true passion, I think for a team, you know, but, uh, if you had to hook in, you know, having the Wolves here in town would obviously be a good excuse. Having the Bulls nearby would obviously be a good excuse. But, you know, there's still going to – there's probably just as many Warriors fans uh, in the state of Iowa as anything else. So – You're probably right about that. And I think that you're – you know, hit the nail on the head, actually, with that, the NBA being a player's league. Because, yeah, I mean, even myself, like, I don't have any – big big allegiance any team it's more so following the players and watching like i'll watch uh you know i'll watch the clippers game 
game that starts at 10 15 and i'll watch the whole game because Kawhi, paul george are so good like i just love watching them play um yeah and i you know now you say that I, I would maybe agree with you that it's either the bulls or like like the warriors or something just way out of the blue right yeah no it's uh it's interesting it's fun like i said it'll be really fun this year too if you get an opportunity to take in some of those playoff uh playoff series as well and so um all right well with that that's kind of our our headlines what we hit on um like i said i a girls the girl state preview coming up here after a, a quick break um remember our our meetup on march 8th so next week wednesday uh week of the boys state tournament love to have you guys swing out and then um yeah stay tuned for the girls state preview and, and hope you enjoy those games down at the well this week and then uh more more we have another hoop troop episode coming yet this week too once all the what's all the state tournament and everything is all set we'll get to bring the guys back on as well and so you'll have to listen to that and let us know and then if you're at the well at all next week for boys day two just hit us up with uh we're gonna be bopping around as well and so hit us up we'd love to hear from you as always shooters shoot WB Realty, Central Iowa's premier real estate brokerage. WB has all the tools and the resources needed to make your next real estate transaction your best. Go to wbrealty.com to find out more information today. All right, shooters, welcome back to the Shooters Touch. I'm going to take a few minutes here and just kind of nerd out a little bit about Girl State Tournament. Always a fun week. Get these girls down there to the well. The union always does an amazing job of putting on a fun tournament and make it all about the girl and the experience for all the teams that make it down there. And on top of that, there ends up being some really good basketball. And so I just want to break it down going through a little bit of this. Obviously, if you've listened to Hoop Troop, I'm, I'm kind of the one that jumps in and talks on the girls' side. Uh, a quick breakdown as far as, I guess, why a big part of that is um, I started my career as the head girls coach up at Madrid. And then as family evolved and then things happened and changed, I got out of coaching and teaching, um, got into real estate, but then quickly switched over and started coaching my daughter. And so through club basketball, I've had an opportunity to either watch or coach against or coach a few of these girls um, that are now, you know, freshmen, sophomores. And so it's been fun for me to follow along. Uh, with my daughter being a freshman at Johnson, I get an opportunity to watch a lot of CIML basketball. And so that's a little bit of where I kind of come from uh, on this approach. And so uh, it's been fun. But also, too, you know, being at Madrid and knowing a little bit about that league and then just the coaching and the connections along the way have, have made it to where it's really created a huge interest for me on the girls' side. And so that's why I'm going to nerd out about this a little bit and go through this and give them, give them some shine um, as a, there's so many great programs and coaches and teams and players out there that uh, I wanted to take a quick opportunity to be able to talk about these programs and give them with that then let's take a look let's start in 1a and so 1a is very interesting on the girl side because it's very similar to the boy side there's a lot of really good teams but there's probably two clear-cut favorites and in those two one has a ton of talent in Algona Garrigan 
Um, and that's not to say that Newell Fonda doesn't, but Newell Fonda has a style that fits their talent. And so they are like the North Lynn. And anything can happen if those two teams make it back to the championship uh, again this year. And we get to see that for, uh, well, Newell Fonda got beat in the semis last year, um, but get to see that again for the third time uh, if, if it works out that way. And as, it, as we look at things, I do want to run down, uh, give congratulations to all these programs. So Bishop Garrigan. They'll play Martinsdale St. Mary's, uh, Remsen St. Mary's versus West Fork, Newell Fonda versus Woodbine, and Northland versus Winfield Mount Union. And so congrats to those eight programs. I thought one of the things that was interesting in 1A is as you look at those eight teams, there's only 12 total losses between the eight schools, which is crazy. And so you look at Newell Fonda, for example, who's 22-2, and two, and their two losses uh, are both to Esterville Lincoln Central, um, who's the number one team in 3A. And really good squad has the opportunity to win that class. And so those are their only two losses on the year. And so it'll be it'll be fun to watch as these teams compete because you do have an undefeated West Fork team, 24-0, who's the five seed. And so while many people probably think that it's going to be a rematch of Algona Garrigan versus Newell Fonda, anything could happen when you get down to the well. So 1A will be a lot of fun to keep your eye on. jump over to 2A. 2A looks a little bit like we're heading towards a rematch of last year, which would put Dyke New Hartford against Central Lion. Uh, the top two seeds again coming in. All signs point to possibly having that rematch again. But again, you never know once you get down on the well, and there's some really great programs and teams that are down there. So I'm going to run through the list here real quick. So Dyke New Hartford will play eight seed Alpha in Parkersburg. Obviously, two teams uh, very close in proximity know each other well. Congrats to Appleton um, and a big win in their sub-state to be able to make it down here to the state tournament. That's awesome. And then we go through uh, Regina is going to play Sibley. Central Lion play Pan Panorama. Uh, Eddiesville Blakesburg will take on Pocahontas. And so congrats to those eight schools and those programs and coaches on getting your teams to state. A couple that we have seen before, as I mentioned, Central Line and Dyke are back, Regina's back, and Panorama's back. So those programs are used to being down at the well and, and know what this experience is like. And so hopefully that'll be something that'll bode well for all those programs. Like I said, more than likely going to face off against uh, an undefeated Central Line team at 22-0, and 0, taking on Dyke New Hartford and um, at 23-1. and 1. And so that'll be with their only loss, I believe, coming to Algona Garrigan in a great matchup just a few weeks ago. And so likely headed towards that, but something to keep an eye on in 2A and can't wait to see how that all shakes out. We are, yeah, I said it, we are. This is Rock Nation, pledge your allegiance. Get your fatigues on, all black, everything. Black cards, black cards, all black, everything. I'm totally cheating. We got to run back and... Take a look at 3A, especially after what happened tonight. I was surprised, upset, upset tonight. Vinton Shellsburg, the eight seed, upsets Esperville Lincoln Central, who I kind of had figured would go back to back in title defense. The Stokes sisters are just really tough, and so I thought for sure they would come out, um, obviously take care of business tonight. But then I didn't think they would have too much trouble until they met Solon in the championship and. 
uh, Vinton Shellsburg came out and proved me wrong, and I love it. it. What makes this time of year so much fun. And so congrats to those two programs, Vinton, on the big upset, Nashville, Lincoln Central, another wonderful season. Going down the rest of the bracket, uh, Benton already won today. They beat Des Moines Christian in that 4-5 matchup. So congratulations to both those programs as well. And then going on right now is the Solon-Wallard matchup. Um, that's a two-seed versus seven-seed. Be anxious to see how that one shakes out here yet tonight. Um, and then the last one is West Marshall and Sioux Center. Congratulations to those two programs as well. Uh, this one should be fun. It'll be definitely interesting now to see what happens. It feels like it's pretty wide open. Maybe now tips a little bit to Solons to lose as they uh, would appear to have the best player left in the tournament in Callie Levine um, and what she's able to do for her team. And so 22-2, and two, I think their two losses are both to 4A schools, so Solon feels like the team to beat. But this will definitely be one now to keep an eye on. Things open up with Esfield and Central out of the top there. Anything could happen. You know, you get into the weekend, and, and who knows? So let's keep an eye on this one. This one will be a lot of fun. And that is your 3A. All right, taking a look at 4A, and I think this is where things get really interesting as we start to go through these classes. 4A. While Dallas Center Grimes is a wonderful program and a really good team, uh, they're the number one seed coming into this. And probably, I would say, the favorites, but anything could happen. There are some really good programs in this class. And as you look at the bottom of this, Xavier is back as a sixth seed defending their championship from last year. You have Bishop Heelan, who's also back, was in there last year. Clear Creek Amana, who's a regular down here at Des Moines, they're in at the seventh seed. North Polk. At 21 and 2 is the two seed, and they've had a wonderful season and a good program up there. And then you have Decora, who don't know a lot about 21 and 2, a real gritty group up there, and they're the five seed. Anything could happen there as they match up against four seed Ballard, who girls program traditionally finds himself down at the well. And so that experience will definitely help them. And then, as I mentioned, Dallas Center Grimes will take on Glenwood um, in that 1-8 matchup. And so this one is one to keep an eye on. Like I said, Xavier's defending, coming out as a six-seed. Dallas Center Grimes probably the team that you would think, but uh, I don't know. This this one is very much up in the air. I'll be excited to follow 4A. This one will be a lot of fun as they can on Tuesday at 11.45 will be that first matchup in 4A. At 11.45, Dallas Center Grimes will kick things off for 4A, and so that one will be a lot of fun. You're going to want to keep an eye on this one and see how everything shakes out. All right, let's take a look at 5A. I am recording this on Monday afternoon here, so I know most of what's going to happen in 5A. And a few surprises, I, I will I will note that. But uh, taking a look at the eight programs in which qualified in 5A, starting at the top, Pleasant Valley versus Valley, Dowling Catholic versus Davenport North, Johnston versus Southeast Polk, and Waterloo West versus Ankeny Centennial are the eight programs. So congratulations to each of those programs for qualifying for state. 
it's always a fun and wonderful time of year. And so going through, like I said, we kind of know where we're at. First game kicked off this morning was Johnston. Johnston, this is their ninth consecutive trip to the state tournament, which is crazy to think about. But they pretty much handled uh, Southeast Polk in the first one this morning, uh, almost a 30-point victory there. The second one was was interesting. So it was Waterloo West versus Ankeny Centennial. Uh, anticipating that there would be a possible rematch of the finals last year in which saw Johnston versus Waterloo West, but not to be. Ankeny Centennial came out and played with energy and flew around and got a bunch of rebounds and made some shots and ended up coming away with the 60-51 win in that one. And so they will face Johnston on Thursday, and that should be an interesting matchup. The one game at Centennial was a heck of a game. Johnson did win both those matchups earlier in the year, but that one should be a lot of fun. And then moving to the top part of the bracket, you have Pleasant Valley taking on Valley. I thought this one would be a little bit closer. Uh, Valley is a young team. They have some really nice pieces. The zone, for whatever reason, threw them off a little bit. And so they got beaten that one to Pleasant Valley, 43-28. to You know, not knowing a whole lot about Pleasant Valley – um, other than you know their appearance last year, getting beat by beat by Johnson in the semis last year, they you know they're sitting there at 24 and 0 now. Um, Hallie Vice is a really nice player that they have. She's a Marquette commit and so going to play in the Big East next year. And so that'll be interesting to see on who they match up with. As I'm recording this, uh, Dowling and Davenport North are going at it. Um, Davenport North came out uh, with a, an early lead, but Dowling has settled in and. All indications tell me that they will probably take care of business. As I kind of expected, their experience in coaching um, and just the talent and having Ava Zedeker, too, as the leader on that team is just probably too much to handle for a, a young Davenport North team. Won't be surprised if Davenport North uh, makes another trip or two back, though, as they are, as I mentioned, very young. And so likely going to be Dowling versus Pleasant Valley in the semis. And then Johnson and Ankeny, as I mentioned. And so uh, it's a little interesting because CIML only qualified five schools this year. You know, years past, it's been six to seven, uh, usually getting one of those Eastern schools to come over. So it's fun to see a few different teams. But I still think it'll be an all-CIML final. It's looking like Johnston Dowling. It would be my pick right now. We'll see if that uh, works its way out or not. I think that'll be a good matchup, a good rematch, as that was the Dragons' only loss in the regular season. So looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun. Regardless, this is going to be a great week. Hey, the weather looks good. That's a little unusual for girls' state basketball. And so hopefully you get an opportunity to get down in the well and check out all these amazing programs and the coaches and players and communities that have worked so hard to get to this point. Congrats on a wonderful season, and we'll be watching. Shoot or shoot.